Welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks, the podcast where we talk about the magical world of Kidlet from the closed stacks of the library. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 programmers in the Child and Youth Department with a passion for children's literature. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon a specific theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital format, which include audiobooks, picture books, junior fiction, nonfiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Here we are. We're back for another episode of Juicebox Book Talks. How you feeling? I'm good. It's a new year. You survived the holidays? I survived the holidays. Had some good eats, watched some good films, read some good books. Perfect. We're back in the library and the library is certainly hopping. Our programs have been off the charts busy. this week. Busy busy, 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 busy. So we're excited to be here with another episode. Do you want to tell them what we're discussing today? So today our theme is page to screen. So we've all we've both chosen books that have been adapted into either series, um, short films, long films, yeah, TV series. So yeah, books that we like that have been adapted into some sort of adaptation. Right. And this is a theme that I hold close to my heart because I was mm-hmm. just having a discussion with a friend, a couple of friends in one of my book groups about what book or like what happened in life that really got you into reading. And for me, it was reading books that were based on films or TV shows. And specifically, it was Stephen King for me. And we're certainly not going to be talking no. about Stephen King today. But when I read Pet Cemetery, I was so excited. Like, the reason why I read it is because there was a movie coming out. And this is obviously yes, the, 80s, the, 80s, the 80s version, not the new version. No. And I loved the idea of reading and then watching an adaptation. And that like even as, you know, a young kid in grade six, that's mm-hmm. what got me into reading. So it's super fun to put the two together. And I think a lot of families and teachers or whatever group is reading, like yes. you can you can use that like as a selling point. Like yeah. you can read this and then we can we can watch a film or a show and you know, you know, take out like discuss the different themes and mm-hmm. the differences and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So I was really excited um, to pick these books, and it was hard to narrow it down there's because there's there's so much. If it's not being made into a graphic novel, it's being made into a show or something yeah. on Netflix. So <laughs> there was a lot to choose yeah. from. So yeah. I think we have a good little group here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's jump in. Let's start. Let's jump in. Okay. okay. So so this was a no brainer for me to suggest our buddy read be the mysterious Benedict Society mm-hmm. by Trenton Lee Stewart. So this is like a go-to series for me as a library tech and just, you know, gifting books to young for readers. Sure. Because I think it's it's such a great story and it appeals to a wide audience. Definitely. So I think if you've never heard of this, I think I'm just going to give this very brief um, Kirkus, um, summary. It's very brief. Just because this book is over, is it 400 pages? It's a pretty, it's it's, a, it's a bigger one for sure. It's a bigger middle grade book. And I think sometimes it can 
look a little intimidating, but it's not. But here's the gist of it, just to get us started. So gifted 11-year-old orphan Rennie Muldoon is sharing the newspaper with his tutor when she excitedly points out an ad. Are you a gifted child looking for special opportunities? She encourages him to take the series of tests cited in the ad, and the entire process resembles the otherworldly experience of Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, with puzzles within puzzles and tests within tests, some mental, some ethical, some physical. Ultimately, three children pass the first and last test and go on to the next. Rennie, Sticky, Washington, and Kate Weatherall, all of them essentially orphans. A fourth, the very, very small Constance Contraire, joins them later, and Mr. Benedict describes why he has brought them together. Initially, readers like the four children, like the four children, may be a little unsure of Mr. Benedict's motives, and that adds to the whole mysterious element of the story. But what we find out is that there's something really weird going on in the world involving subliminal messages Mm. and secret messages (laughs) delivered by children embedded in television and radio programs. This is a plot-driven novel that follows many adventures among the four whose unique talents all come into play. So here's the interesting part of it all, that this book was written in 2008. Yes. So it was published in 2008. And you think about what the book is about and how much has changed in terms of technology since 2008. That's like I'm thinking when I was reading the book. I was like, a lot has changed, though, in 15 years since that book came out. Well, so, first of all, were kids on devices, right. on phones in 2008? I, I don't even yeah. think, like, I think I had a, I had a phone, but it was, it was very, it was very early days. <laughs> yeah. And when you're thinking of the, the subliminal messages and weird, like, right. like events happen, like, how easy is that to happen, like, as they're scrolling through TikTok? Right. That's the thing that I found mm-hmm. most interesting because the author's perspective then is certainly not what it would be now because I'm like wow he really he saw something coming that I mean who knew right who would have known well it'd be interesting to to read further into the series because there's for four sure. for there's sure. currently four others so who knows like I think the last one was published in 2017 so it has yeah. been a while but yep. who knows what the next couple of years yeah. will look like and yep. how he will handle that so this is a great adventure story like I said there's puzzles within puzzles and if you like stories with those kind of mysteries at their core. Like when you're trying to solve the mystery, like I think kids love that. Like as they're reading. Yeah, like Mr. Limoncello, like Series of Unfortunate Events. It reminds me of all those things. Roald Dahl, for sure. Like all of that. So it was great. Like, and like witty and it just, it's just a page turn. Like it just kept moving. So that's what I really, I liked about it personally. So Absolutely. It's very whimsical. And I, I would say that the plot plays less a part like it didn't resonate with me as much as the children and their relationship together like right. it, like it was less plot driven and more character driven to me because they're essentially yes. all orphans and all of their backstories are so developed and rich and you're really rooting for them and you yeah. you're wanting them to work together and see them succeed well, and the de- I love that, like, the detail that he puts into, like, each individual character, like, from what they're wearing to what's happening. Like, it was just, it was so good. And I, like I said to you, there are so many great one-liners in this book, like, that I, like, I make notes of them, like, constantly. I so I have flags all throughout. Yeah. My, yeah. My the gym is home. always open, except when it's closed. I'm yes. like, oh my gosh. And then there's, like, the great one, family's often born of blood, but it doesn't depend on blood. I was like, oh, yes. like, 
Perfect. And I mean, Perfect. one of my favorite tropes in middle grade is found family. Yes. And this is like when I think of the Mysterious Benedict Society, yeah. that's the first thing that pops yeah. into my head. This is found family. It's such a great story. I did have the opportunity to watch the first couple episodes on, on Disney, Disney. So there yep. is an adaptation. And I would, it is, I don't want to say it's better than the book, but I think it's just as good. And it was so vivid and just so well done. Mm-hmm. Like just the acting and the set yeah. like everything was perfect and i think like i don't know what trenton lee stewart's opinion is of the show but right. i think it's so well done and super fun to watch if you do decide to read this or listen to the audiobook mm. as a family or just alone like i think you definitely should check out the adaptation as well yeah it was great loved it all right that's okay. our first buddy read for this episode the mysterious benedict society by trenton lee stewart my first picture book you're going to love this one, Laura, mm. is Jumanji by Chris Van Alsberg. So this is a picture book that I think we've all heard of. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the films, whether it was the 1995 film or the more recent ones with 95. The Rock. I know that's going, that's going way back. So this is a brilliant example of a picture book of only several pages, like a few pages. Mm-hmm. That's made into like a motion picture, several motion several picture. pictures making so, millions and millions of dollars. And this story, like I have always loved Chris Van Alsberg because he's just, I find his picture books eerie and a little weird and darker and surreal. So I obviously thought of Jumanji because, mm. you know, because of all the films and the adaptations. So this story, if you have never read it, it's a very quick and easy picture book read yeah. about two siblings Peter and Judy, who are left alone while their parents go to the opera. (laughs) Because, again, this was written... Oh, I didn't mention this, but this was written in 1981. So the first film came out in 1995, and the picture book was written in 1981. So, of course, you know, like like us, when we go to the opera and we leave (laughs) our kids home alone. (laughs) Judy and Peter, at the very beginning, they're really excited because they can just, like, tear around the house and, you know, get into all the toys and make a mess. And then they're quickly bored. So they decide to venture outside and they find a board game, obviously called Jumanji. So they decide to bring this board game home and adventure ensues. So basically they're playing this board game and what is happening in the board game starts to come alive. So there's lions, there's monkeys, there's like a monsoon at some point in their Mm -hmm. kitchen. And it's just, it's really creepy. Like honestly, when I was reading it, because I think of the, the illustrations, like they're black, like a dark, gray pencil yes, very muted for sure very like, muted and just yeah. stark and eerie mm-hmm. i think eerie mm-hmm. is one of those Absolutely. words that person perfectly yep. describes van Alsberg's picture books and it's such a like it's such a fun read but as i'm reading it because i know all the films i'm like it's amazing how they brought to life this story in a motion picture in mm-hmm. several motion pictures that were all in my opinion really well done yeah so I read the picture book. We do have the picture book. And we also have the picture book with the accompanying CD. Now, a lot of people probably don't have CDs, but if you do, try Mm. that. Otherwise, on YouTube, I found the audio version with Robin Williams reading it. Perfection. who, Who obviously starred in the first film. And it was so fun to listen to. I think this is a story that will captivate so many young readers young children like to read at bedtime or whenever like Mm. I think it's it's such a great fun story and 
I definitely recommend the audio version too. Like yeah. it's it's a hard one because I feel like I want you to read the book, but I also think you need all along with the audio. So you're not yeah. Like I mean, and Robin Williams is so live and vivid with his narration. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And I should point out that, and I didn't realize this until I was doing a little bit of research, that Van Al- Chris Van Alsberg he also, he also wrote The Polar Express, and he mm. won a call, the Caldecott. Right. For both of them, for yeah. Jumanji and the Polar Express. Express. And both were made into adaptations. Yeah. So we could so have talked go. about the Polar Express as yeah. well. Yep. Um, but I think this is great. It's just, I love that sort of impending doom feel, <laughs> which is, which sounds horrible to say in a, in a children's book, but I think kids love that kind of, like that feel. And I think it will really resonate. Yeah. And I was brought back to my own childhood, like when my brother and I, like, this is a true story. Like we found, um... Like the you remember the clue the old yeah, school eighties yeah, yeah. clue game yeah. now and it was like someone it like someone left it out like on their front lawn because it was like part oh. of like the gar like the Sunday garbage oh. or whatever and we're, and it was in perfect shape and yeah. I fell in love with that game now our experience wasn't as fantastical as Judy and oh. Peter's right. in this but. one but it just it reminded me of my childhood and I really loved it. Um, so yes, I highly recommend Jumanji by Chris Van Alsberg and watching those films, whether it's mm-hmm. the Robin Williams 95, Kirsten Dunst and Robin Williams, Gosh. or of course The Rock and Kevin Hart's um, latest Jumanjis. There's two of them from 2017 and 20... No. There you go. 2017 and 2019. And Jack Black. So... Oh, yes, and Jack Black. And Jack Black, yes. <gasps> Jack so Black. those are all great and they're all available here. Definitely check out that adaptation. That's Jumanji by Chris Van Alsberg. Okay, so my picture book selection is Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry and illustrated by Vashti Harrison. Um, so this book, I it's a picture book. It came out in uh, the spring of 2019. And summer of 2019, a short animated film was released of Hair Love. So if you don't know this book, um, it's a, an adorable picture book about a father and a daughter. But I love that it's about the daughter is trying to do her hair. So she's watching videos about how to style her hair and it's just not going well. And the dad says like, Hey, let me help. And it doesn't go well either, but then they find like a video and watch it together and he puts her hair together. So this is like, I love that it's about, it's a father daughter relationship because that's a big thing. When you have a daughter who wants a ponytail, like a lot of men don't know what to do with a ponytail. And even like, I shouldn't say that because even as a mom, like it's one thing to do it on yourself, but it's another to do it on someone else. So I love, but I just, I love the father daughter relationship. And then when you watch the short, um, the short film adaptation of it, it's just absolutely adorable because the book itself is adorable and it totally translates so well to that short film. And it did go on to win the Oscar. So which was fantastic. So, I mean, Matthew A. Cherry is a, a formal NFL football player and he went on to like, you know, go into the film industry and write this beautiful picture book. And I love that how quickly, like the book came out spring of 2019 and that it was adapted into like a short film, um, like later that year. So people knew like this, it's just such a beautiful book. Um, I've read this book for one of my YouTube story times. Like I just, I love, love, love hair love. So it's Matthew A. Cherry, illustrated by Vashti Harrison. If you have not ever read this book, you need to pick it up. And I mean, go on and watch it too. We also have the audio versions um, on Hoopla, which are available too. So it's it's fantastic. So I really, really, really love hair love. Have you watched the... Not yet. It's on, it's available on YouTube though, It's correct? on YouTube, yeah. So I think like, yeah, it's just, 
it's it's so cute it's so so cute and like the fact that it w went on to win the oscar for me was like like yes that's so great so and i love that it was adapted from a picture book and then it went to win an oscar like that's amazing. amazing i know the so. i know the picture book yeah the picture book's amazing and i love yep. anything the father daughter, daughter, daughter dynamic like, like i that's something that i'm yeah. i gravitate to especially fathers who can't do buns for gymnastics. I mean, that speaks to me. Buns, I know. My God. Buns are tricky. Ponytail is one thing. A bun's like a totally different beast altogether. And then you add in yeah. braids or something. Oof, I don't know. So, does he have any other picture books besides I don't that one? I think so. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. Good choice. Okay. I'm back with my next adaptation. And this is actually an adaptation that isn't coming out until later this year. Last mm -hmm. I checked. I think it will be October, but that could obviously change. I thought, yeah, because I thought, I thought for sure it was supposed to come out earlier, but okay, that's, yeah. I thought it, well, I th it had May as post-production. Right. And then October. But, okay. Anyway, sometime this year, RJ Palacios' mm. White Bird will be adapted to film. It has been made. There mm -hmm. are, lo there's lots online about this adaptation. Yes. And it's an adaptation for her graphic novel. So this one is in the world of wonder. So if we go back several yep. years to the beloved, very popular yep. story of Augie and bullying and choosing kindness. Oh, look at that. We do it's have, right on our shelf. and Aww. it is available in a book club in, in a, a bag, bag. because we, we're, we are, if you didn't know, we are in our stack, closed stack room of the library, <laughs> surrounded by our book club in a bag. In a bag. And yeah. wonder is available. Yeah. So, in Wonder, now you don't need to read, now it's a Wonder story, but you don't need to read right. Wonder to read White Bird or watch the film. Um, however, you need to know that there is a character in Wonder who is a bully and his name is Julian because this White Bird story is centered on Julian and him starting at a new school and talking with his grandmother um, for a school project. Right. So his grandmother is... A um, World War II survivor. She grew up in in um, Paris, France, mm. and she tells her very awful and sad and moving and heartwarming and uplifting and hopeful story mm -hmm. about surviving the Holocaust and how it was about a little a young boy in her class who helps her hide. And incidentally, the boy who helps her hide is one that was bullied in her own school. Mm. So RJ Palacio, like, she can work your heartstrings so like a puppet. She honestly is, but not in a cheesy way. Like no. She does it in the most sincere, beautiful, like... sincere ways. And I, I think she's just a beautiful, like, she's just a wonderful author. I will read anything that she puts yes. out. The heart that you find in something like Pony and then of course oh, Wonder right? is just overflowing in White Bird. The story is so beautiful. I like I immediately purchased a copy for my daughter because I think it will resonate with her. I think it's um it's a hard read in parts because I mean mm -hmm. we're talking about World War II. This is historical fiction. It's not history no. <laughs> isn't all it's not pretty. No. And I think um, Palacio really does a great job teaching children and using fiction as a tool to teach about the Holocaust in schools mm -hmm. or at home. Like, however, if you homeschool, that's cool, too. 
she really builds empathy to tell her stories. And I think that's the part that really moves me because she does it in such a beautiful way. And I think also the fact that she illustrated this graphic novel like is there anything is there anything she She cannot do do. like she's i think she's absolutely brilliant the graphics in the book are so beautiful she uses a lot of blues Mm -hmm. and like muted oranges and they just i don't know she just conveys this gorgeous story brilliantly um like wonder if wonders about courage and you know standing up to bullies like World War Two, like helping someone hide from Nazis during World War Two. I mean, it doesn't get any yeah, like stronger than that. Yeah, I just I love this story. I'm just I made so many notes. I, I'm I do so much research on these books, and I have so much so many notes and all this information, and I'm like ah, I can't I can't read all this stuff. I don't want to miss anything, but I do highly recommend. I would put it for you know nine ten year ten years mm-hmm. and up. Obviously, like I said, there's some imagery that's a little is scary because this is World War Two, and it and it was it was scary, but the story is just it's just it's so beautiful. I can't it, wait to see the film too. Like Helen Mirren. <gasps> yes, I should so note. Oh, I do have Helen Mirren and Gillian Anderson. Yeah. Let's so, see. the cast is is great. I watched the trailer and I did cry. Like, cry like yeah. my eyes were watering. Um, and these young actors, like they're just. They just surprise you how like oh they're so good yeah yeah it's a it's a beautiful story I mean it's been out for a few years now so mm-hmm. I think it was published in 2019 so I mean you may have read it um I, I definitely think every kid should read it <laughs> yeah and definitely check that out please and thank you <laughs> okay okay so that's White Bird by R J Palacio. So my pick that I had for this month uh, from middle grade is The One and Only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. So, I mean, I hope that you've already read this book because if you haven't, I don't know where you've been. But anyway, so what I'm going to tell you, One and Only Ivan, uh, it's about a gorilla in a mall, a shopping mall. And it's a it's a true story. Um about this gorilla that was in a shopping mall. And Catherine Applegate wrote this beautiful um, book in verse about Ivan and his his friends, like Stella the Elephant and Ruby the Elephant and Bob the Dog. And it's just, it's a great story about um, a girl, a little girl and her dad. Her dad is like the custodian at the mall and the little girl forms these relationships with these animals as well. And it is just a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, I can't believe it came out in 2012. It doesn't feel like it's that old, but, um, and I just think I love, I, I, I love Catherine Applegate. I've waited for the perfect moment to talk about her in a podcast because I, I love her book so much. So this to me was a, a perfect segue because this is just like, I love her anyway. So the one only Ivan. So what I love about this as well, the movie came out in 2020 on Disney plus during pandemic. It was kind of I, I feel bad for the movie because it was supposed to be a big like summer screening mm-hmm. and then obviously it just went direct to Disney Plus, which is great because more people could watch it that way. It's a little more accessible. Um, but I hope that people didn't miss it either because I feel that they really did a great job with the film and tap, film adaptation of the book. It was so well done. And I will say too, um, like Catherine Applegate, after she'd written uh, One of the Ivan, two years later she also wrote a picture book 
uh, adaptation, Ivan Remarkable True Story of the Shopping Mall Gorilla, which was illustrated by uh, G. Brian Karras in 2014. When the movie came out, there's also a picture book adaptation called Draw Me, Draw Me a Story by Beth Ferry and drawings by Gonzalo Kenny, which were fantastic as well. Um, I just, I love this book because, again, like, you have these feelings for these these animals who don't, who can't communicate with you verbally, but you just get that sense of connection. You can look into their eyes, especially something about the apes, right? You can just feel what they're feeling. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, if you haven't read this book, what are you waiting for? It's just so good. And I love that it's written in verse so that it's not, it's not daunting when you open up the book, like I'm like right now. I mean, it'll be like, it's just a few, like a few sentences per page in some instances. I know like one of my children read it in grade three as like a class read. They did it together. Um, and it's, it's just a, a great book. I can't say how much, how much I love the one and only Ivan. And um, we'll talk about like, there is a second book, the one and only Bob about Bob the dog, who's yes. like their little friend that runs around. And if you do the audio for the one and only Bob, it's narrated by Danny DeVito. And he's also the voice character in the movie as well. And ugh, like Danny DeVito mm -hmm. doing an audiobook is just fantastic. So, so that is the one and only Ivan by the amazing Catherine Applegate, who I just adore. I love, love her books. So it's so. obviously animated. It's not animated. Oh, it's not animated. It's live action. It's live action. It's live action. Yeah. See, I thought it was much more recently published because I don't think you've right. stopped talking about this book since I 2012. <laughs> I feel like I know. this is this is just one of those books. And I, I agree because of the verse novel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've read it a few times. It's, like it's, it's not like I've not. It's not a one time for me. Like I've read it at least three at least three times. So you can hand it to any reader. Yeah any reader. And the reason I picked it up, I remember when it came out was because we kept having kids coming in asking about, do you have the Ivan book? And I was like, what's the Ivan book? And then I was like, oh, I, I need to read this Ivan book. And yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, I just, I love this book. It's so, so good. So yeah. Perfect. Great. Okay. We've got one more book adaptation to cover, mostly because I don't think we should end with White Bird and the one and only Ivan because they're, <laughs> they're cry fest books. I feel like oh, we should, we should end with something, something a little more fantasy perhaps. Yeah. And it's funny because we both did, we both did read this book, not necessarily as the buddy read, but we both did read the book. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention Soman Chinani's The School for Good and Evil, because this is another series like the mysterious benedict yes. society so it's not as old as no. benedict so this was originally published in 2013 but it's one of those series that kids devour and love yes. so <clears throat> yes the school for good like how many books in the series right now four or five i think four or five i think so yeah so this is I number know, but I don't. number one and it was turned into a netflix film film just this year last year 2022 yeah. like november 2022 it came out i believe on netflix so yes pg yeah i have pg 13 two hours and 12 minutes wow. if you wanted to check that it went out okay so if you're into fantasy this fairy one is tales. very yes it's very fairy tale ish yep. about two best friends they're like complete opposites one wants to be a princess she's beautiful she loves all things mm -hmm. white and pink and the other one is darker hair. She lives in a cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> They're like polar opposite best friends. It very much reminded me of Wicked. Yes. Uh, by Jer Gregory Maguire and, or the, the musical adaptation. If you've seen Wicked, like, or know the, the story, the music, whatever. That's what it very much reminded me of. Yeah. Yes. That's immediately where my brain went to. It was great. Everything is not as it appears, right? No. So. And I love, like, Agatha is 
the one who lives with her mother in the graveyard and mm-hmm. her cat. And then Sophie is our yeah. blonde, beautiful, right. fun-loving one. And the story, they they grow up in a little village called Gavaldon. Mm-hmm. And every four years, two children, mm-hmm. age 12, are sort of are plucked from the village to go live it's in... Like Hunger Games in some ways, it's, too. It's weird. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to live in either the school of good or the, the school, school of, of evil. evil. And you think you would think Agatha would go to the dark evil, and Sophie mm-hmm. goes to the good, and it's the opposite. And yeah. they're like, what... What's going on? What the heck is happening? Yeah. So this is really like, it's fast paced. Everything yeah. happens very quickly in the beginning. So yep. you're very, you're invested. You're turning the pages because you're like, oh my gosh, they're in the wrong. What's going to happen with right. her? And because they're, they're definitely like fish out of water yep. in these schools. For sure. Um, there's a lot of wit and charm. Now, I haven't had the chance to watch the adaptation. No, not, I haven't either. Um, so. But this is another great choice if you're looking for... A fast paced fantasy Fantasy, adaptation that you can read and then watch on Netflix. Mm, So that's The Good, The School for Good and Evil by Soman Chenani. All right. Get your popcorn ready. Yes. So we've hope we've given you lots of adaptations to seek out, to read, and to watch and enjoy with friends and family. Let us know what you think. If anything stuck out as something that you're really yes. excited to read and watch. We'd Some great adaptations coming out this year. Like we said, White Bird, Are You There? God, it's me. Margaret is coming out this. And I'm, I cannot wait to watch that film adaptation. So yeah, there's all kinds of great coming out this year. So pick up the book first before you go to the film. Thanks so much for listening. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All of the books discussed in this episode are available in print and digital format on either Libby or Hoopla. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other great programs. Juicebox Book Talks is edited by us with music courtesy of purple-planet.com.